Chip, I'm going to do the thing. Chip, Chip, I'm going to do the thing. Oh. I'm going to do the thing. Okay, go ahead. You this is the first thing. time ever. Yeah, this is the first time for you. Day 178, and I'm going to do the thing. Okay. Chip, I did the thing. You did it. You are now a part of the club. Wow. It's an exclusive club. There's two members. Yeah, very exclusive. Yeah. yeah. Pretty exciting stuff. Yeah. Okay. Hey, so welcome yeah. back to Chip and Eric reading through the Bible. Today, we're going to get to one of the best characters in the whole Bible. I'm excited. Jesus? One of. Not the best. <laughs> Not the best. One of. That's right. He is the best. It's if you best. asked this character who the best character in the Bible is, he would say Jesus. Hmm. Not at the time that he was you know, living, but sure. now he would. Yeah. Anyway, so we uh, oh. we left off with a whole list of kings. We kind of worked through in both Judah and Israel, and then uh, we whew, we left off with Ahab, the oh. absolute worst, and Jezebel, yeah, his lovely bride. And today we're going to meet Ahab and Jezebel's worst enemy, the prophet Elijah. So. 1 Kings, chapter 17. We're going to read seventeen, uh, chapter 17 through chapter 19 today. This is titled, Elijah Fed by Ravens. Yeah. Now Elijah, who was from Tishbe in Gilead, told King Ahab, As surely as the Lord, the God of Israel, lives, the God I serve, there will be no dew or rain during the next few years until I give the word. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go to the east and hide by Kareth Brook, near where it enters the Jordan River. Drink from the brook and eat what the ravens bring to you, for I have commanded them to bring you food. So Elijah did as the Lord told him and camped beside Kareth Brook, east of the Jordan. The ravens brought him bread and meat each morning and evening, and he drank from the brook. But after a while, the brook dried up, for there was no rainfall anywhere in the land. Yeah, the widow at Zarephath. Then the Lord said to Elijah, Go and live in the village of Zarephath, near the city of Sidon. I have instructed a widow there to feed you. So he went to Zarephath. And as he arrived at the gates of the village, he saw a widow gathering sticks, and he asked her, Would you please bring me a little water in a cup? As she was going to get it, he called her, Bring me a bite of bread, too. But she said, I swear by the Lord the God that I don't have a single piece of bread in the house, and I have only a handful of flour left in the jar and a little cooking oil in the bottom of the jug. I was just gathering a few sticks to cook this last meal, and then... Uh, my son, I will die. Wow. But Elijah said to her, Don't be afraid. Go ahead and do just what you've said, but make a little bread for me first. Then use what's left to prepare a meal for yourself and your son. For this is what the Lord, the God of Israel, says. There will always be flour and olive oil left in your containers until the time when the Lord sends rain and the crops grow again. So she did, as Elijah said, and she and Elijah and her family continued to eat for many days. There was always enough flour and olive oil left in the containers, just as the Lord had promised through Elijah. Sometime later, the woman's son became sick. He grew worse and worse, and finally he died. Then she said to Elijah, O man of God, what have you done to me? Have you come here to point out my sins and kill my son? But Elijah replied, saying, Give me your son. And he took the child's body from her arms, carried him up the stairs to the room where he was staying, and laid the body on his bed. Then Elijah cried out to the Lord, saying, O Lord my God, why have you brought tragedy to this widow who has opened her home to me, causing her son to die? 
And he stretched himself out over the child three times and cried out to the Lord, O Lord my God, please let this child's life return to him. The Lord heard Elijah's prayer, and the life of the child returned, and he revived. Then Elijah brought him down from the upper room and gave him to his mother. Look, he said, your son is alive. Then the woman told Elijah, Now I know for sure that you are a man of God and that the Lord truly speaks through you. This is 1 Kings chapter 18, the contest on Mount Carmel. Later on, in the third year of the drought, the Lord said to Elijah, Go and present yourself to King Ahab. Tell him that I will soon send rain. So Elijah went to appear before Ahab. Meanwhile, the famine had become very severe in Samaria. So Ahab summoned Obadiah, who was in charge of the palace. Obadiah was a devoted follower of the Lord. Once, when Jezebel had tried to kill all the Lord's prophets, Obadiah had hidden 100 of them in two caves. He put 50 prophets in each cave and supplied them with food and water. Ahab said to Obadiah, We must check every spring and valley in the land to see if we can find enough grass to save at least some of my horses and mules. So they divided the land uh, They divided the land between them. Ahab went one way by himself, and Obadiah went another way by himself. As Obadiah was walking along, he suddenly saw Elijah coming toward him. Obadiah recognized him at once and bowed low to the ground before him. Is it really you, my lord Elijah? he asked. Yes, it is, Elijah replied. Now go and tell your master, Elijah is here. Oh, sir, Obadiah protested. What harm have I done to you that you are sending me to my death at the hands of Ahab? For I swear by the Lord your God that the king has searched every nation and kingdom on the earth from end to end to find you. And each time he was told, Elijah isn't here. King Ahab forced the king of that nation to swear to the truth of his claim. And now you say, go and tell your master, Elijah is here. But as soon as I leave you... The Spirit of the Lord will carry you away to who knows where. When Ahab comes and cannot find you, he will kill me. Yet I have been a true servant of the Lord my whole life. Has no one told you, my Lord, about the time when Jezebel was trying to kill the Lord's prophets? I hid 100 of them in two caves and supplied them with food and water. And now you say, go and tell your master Elijah is here. Sir, if I do that, Ahab will certainly kill me. But Elijah said, I swear by the Lord Almighty, in whose presence I stand, that I will present myself to Ahab this very day. So Obadiah went to tell Ahab that Elijah had come, and Ahab went out to meet Elijah. When Ahab saw him, he exclaimed, So is it really you, you troublemaker of Israel? I made no trouble for Israel, Elijah replied. You and your family are the troublemakers, for you have refused to obey the commands of the Lord and have worshipped the images of Baal instead. Now summon all Israel to join me at Mount Carmel, along with 450 prophets of Baal and the 400 prophets of Asherah, who are supported by Jezebel. So Ahab summoned all the people of Israel and the prophets to Mount Carmel. Then Elijah stood in front of them and said, How much longer will you waver, hobbling between two opinions? If the Lord is God, follow him. But if Baal is God, then follow him. But the people were completely silent. Then Elijah said to them, I am the only prophet of the Lord who is left, but Baal has 450 prophets. Now bring two bulls. The prophets of Baal may choose whichever one they wish and cut it into pieces and lay it on the wood of their altar, but without setting fire to it. I will prepare the other bull and lay it on the wood of the altar, but not set fire to it. Then call on the name of your God, and I'll call on the name of the Lord. The God who answers by setting fire to the wood is the true God. And all the people, they agreed. Then Elijah said to the prophets of Baal, You go first, for there are many of you. Choose one of the bulls and prepare it and call on the name of your God, but do not set fire to the wood. So they prepared one of the bulls and placed it on the altar. Then they called on the name of the Baal from the morning until noontime, shouting, O Baal, answer us. But there was no reply of any kind, and then they danced hobbling around the altar they had made. 
About noontime, Elijah began mocking them. You'll have to shout louder, he scoffed, for surely he is a god. Perhaps he is daydreaming or is relieving himself, or maybe he is away on a trip or asleep or needs to be wakened. So they shouted louder, and following their normal custom, they cut themselves with knives and swords until the blood gushed out. They raved all after noon until the time of evening sacrifice. But still there was no sound, no reply, no response. Then Elijah called to the people, come over here. They all crowded around him as he repaired the altar of the Lord that had been torn down. He took 12 stones, one to represent each of the tribes of Israel, and he used the stones to rebuild the altar in the name of the Lord. Then he dug a trench around the altar large enough to hold about three gallons. He piled the wood on the altar, cut the bowl into pieces, and laid the pieces on the wood. Then he said, fill four large jars with water and pour the water (coughs) over the offering and the wood. After they had done this, he said, do the same thing again. And when they were finished, he said, now do it a third time. So they did as he said, and the water ran around the altar and even filled the trench. At the usual time for offering the evening sacrifice, Elijah the prophet walked up to the altar and prayed, O Lord God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, prove today that you are God in Israel, and that I am your servant. Prove that I have done all this at your command. O Lord, answer me, answer me, so these people will know that you, O Lord, are God, and that you brought them back to yourself. Immediately, the fire of the Lord flashed down from heaven and burned up the young bull, the wood, the stones, and the dust. It even licked up all the water in the trench. And when the people saw it, they fell face down on the ground and cried out, The Lord, he is God. Yes, the Lord is God. Then Elijah commanded, Seize all the prophets of Baal. Don't let a single one escape. So the people seized them all, and Elijah took them down to the Kidron Valley and killed them there. Elijah prays for rain. Then Elijah said to Ahab, Go get something to eat and drink. For I hear a mighty rainstorm coming. So Ahab went to eat and drink. But Elijah climbed to the top of the Mount Carmel and bowed down low to the ground and prayed with his face between his knees. Then he said to his servant, Go and look out toward the sea. The servant went and looked and then returned to Elijah and said, I didn't see anything. Seven times Elijah told him to go and look. Finally, the seventh time, his servant told him, I saw a little cloud about the size of a man's hand rising from the sea. Then Elijah shouted, Hurry to Ahab and tell him, Climb into your chariot and go back home. If you don't hurry, the rain will stop you. And soon the sky was black with clouds. A heavy wind brought the terrific storm, the rainstorm, and Ahab left quickly for Jezreel. Then the Lord gave special strength to Elijah. He tucked his cloak into his belt and ran ahead of Ahab's chariot all the way to the entrance of Jezreel. Good runner. Yeah. Elijah flees to Sinai. This is 1 Kings chapter 19. When Ahab got home, he told Jezebel everything Elijah had done, including the way he had killed all the prophets of Baal. So Jezebel sent this message to Elijah, saying, May the gods strike me and even kill me if by this time tomorrow I have not killed you just as you killed them. Elijah was afraid and fled for his life. He went to Beersheba, a town in Judah, and he left his servant there. Then he went on alone into the wilderness, traveling all day. He sat down under a solitary broom tree and prayed that he might die. I've had enough, Lord, he said. Take my life, for I am no better than my ancestors who have already died. Then he lay down and slept under the broom tree. But as he was sleeping, an angel touched him and told him, Get up and eat. He looked around, and there beside his head was some bread baked on hot stones and a jar of water. So he ate and drank and laid down again. Then the angel of the Lord came again and touched him and said, Get up and eat some more, or the journey ahead will be too much for you. So he got up and he ate and he drank, and the food gave him enough strength to travel 40 days and 40 nights to Mount Sinai, the mountain of God. There, There he came to a cave where he spent the night. The Lord speaks to Elijah. But the Lord said to him, What are you doing here, Elijah? Elijah replied, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. 
I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Go out and stand before me on the mountain, the Lord told him. And as Elijah stood there, the Lord passed by, and a mighty windstorm hit the mountain. It was such a terrible blast that the rocks were torn loose, but the Lord was not in the wind. After the wind, there was an earthquake, but the Lord was not in the earthquake. After the earthquake, there was a fire, but the Lord was not in the fire. And after the fire, there was the sound of a gentle whisper. When Elijah heard it, he wrapped his face in his cloak and went out and stood at the entrance of the cave. And a voice said, What are you doing here, Elijah? <clears throat> he replied again, I have zealously served the Lord God Almighty, but the people of Israel have broken their covenant with you, torn down your altars, and killed every one of your prophets. I am the only one left, and now they are trying to kill me too. Then the Lord told him, Go back to the same way you came. Travel to the wilderness of Damascus. When you arrive there, anoint Haziel to be king of Aram. Then anoint Jehu, grandson of Nimshi, to be king of Israel. And anoint Elisha, son of Shaphat, from the town of Abel, Meholah, to replace you as my prophet. Anyone who escapes from Hazael will be killed by Jehu, and those who escape Jehu will be killed by Elisha. Yet I'll preserve 7,000 others in Israel who have never bowed down to Baal or kissed him. The Call of Elisha So Elijah went and found Elisha, son of Shaphat, plowing a field. There were 12 teams of oxen in the field, and Elisha was plowing with the 12th team. Elijah went over to him and threw his cloak across his shoulders and then walked away. Elisha left the oxen standing there, ran after Elijah, and said to him, First let me go and kiss my father and mother goodbye, and then I will go with you. Elijah replied, saying, Go on back, but think about what I have done to you. So Elisha returned to his oxen and slaughtered them. He used the wood from the plow to build a fire and roast their flesh. He passed around the meat to the townspeople, and they all ate. And then he went with Elijah as his assistant. All right. All right, that's our reading. <clears throat> a lot of stories in there. Yeah, I love it. A lot of stories. Love it. Good stories. A lot of familiar stories, a lot of good things. Yeah, exactly. In there. All right, so we want to answer, so what and where's Jesus? Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So many so what's. It's like, which one do you pick? I know, seriously. It really remind you, reminded me of, um, you know, when you when he did the whole, you know, uh, your gods and my God and testing and things like that. It made me think about, like, when I was, when we were kids, you know, my dad's stronger than your dad. Right. My dad's right. bigger than your dad. My dad can kick your dad's butt any day. And, uh, you know, our yes. dad was, like, fearless. Or, or fearless, but our, our dad, in our eyes, he was amazing. He was unstoppable, and, and nobody could beat our dad. He was like a hero figure to us. And it kind of made me think of Elijah in, in the way he looked at God. Is like, my God <coughs> can do anything. You, right. can, you can do all that you want to do. I'll let you go first. You can try this and try that. You got so many people backing you. It's just kind of me right here, but I'm putting my stock in my dad, my God, and he's bigger than your your God. Yeah. And um, he is, and he was, and he conquered, and he, you know, in a way, kind of showed off how great God was in that situation. So I think um, maybe maybe that's the so what for us today is to really um, understand who our God is, and that He's the true God, the right God the only God and there's all the kinds of false gods out there today and our God is bigger and really when you go through some tough times and difficult situations as Elijah did I mean mm -hmm. over and over yeah, and seriously. over again these all these chapters we read today you know he was kind of down and out over and over again yeah and God showed off he showed up and he did his thing and I just think you know and it's 
hard to remember this, and it's not easier to, uh, it's not an easy thing to grasp sometimes, but the idea that when you're having a bad day or going through some tough times, that's when God shows off the best. Mm-hmm. You know, I think Paul once said, you know, when I am weak, I am strong. Like right. His power is perfected in our weakness. It right. gives God a chance to say, you know what, I got this, I'm bigger this, I can do the impossible and the improbable. You just got to trust me and rely upon me. Love that. And yep. I think that's Elijah. So true. Love it. Love it. <clears throat> and I love how God uses different voices. So like on the one hand, you see God very clearly displaying himself through a fire that burns up a wet sacrifice, the wet wood, the altar, the ground, the water around it, like all of that. Like you see God communicate through that. And then you see God communicate through a whisper. Yeah. You know, and the multiple voices that God uses when he speaks to us, you know, it really, that kind of reminds me of Jesus. This, uh, you know, Jesus was not the uh, prophet of fire and burning up altars and all that. Jesus was very much the whisper. Now, did he have power? Yeah, he stopped the storm. Yeah, he raised the dead. But, you know, and that, and that God of the fire and the judgment, he's coming and it is Jesus. You know, I'm not separating the two. I'm just saying that the way he chose to, uh, communicate and reveal who he is to us when he was on earth is a lot more like the whisper than, you know, and yeah, he conquered death, but he did it so quietly. Never. Yeah. Like, like, you know, so, and then now the big, you know, all of that's coming, you know, you read the book of revelation, all that's coming. It's coming. But so, uh, one of these things really reminded me. So like, you know, Jesus is the whisper and, and God also communicated through Elijah, his prophet. That's what prophets were for. They communicated, uh, you know, they were the mouthpiece of God and Elijah communicated the power of God to that widow by raising her son. And we see that again in Luke chapter seven, uh, Jesus went with his disciples to the village of Nain. A large crowd followed him. A funeral procession was coming out as he approached the village gate. The young man who has died was a widow's only son, and a large crowd from the village was with her. When the Lord saw her, his heart overflowed with compassion. Don't cry, he said. Then he walked over to the coffin and touched it, and the bearers stopped. Young man, he said, I tell you to get up. And the dead boy sat up, in his, sat up and began to talk, and Jesus gave him back to his mother. Great fear swept the crowd, and they praised God, saying, A mighty prophet has risen among us, and God has visited his people today. And the news about Jesus spread throughout Judea and the surrounding countryside. So, you know, it was nothing to Jesus to walk up and just tap that and say, Hey, get up. You know, whereas Elijah was, you know, crying out to God and all this and that. Jesus just, he had that power. The same power that raised the boy in Elijah's story, raised the boy in Luke's story, Mm -hmm. raised us from our sin, and will raise us in the future um, as we step out of the grave yeah. with the great resurrection. So that's where I see Jesus yeah, in this, just that yeah. conquest of death, that yeah. picture, and then we see Jesus sure. do it, and then in the future, that's what we're going to be doing too. So. Yeah, yeah, yeah. One more thing. Yeah. Um, never underestimate the power of a whisper. That's right. Whisper is very powerful. That's right. Very true. Hey, we appreciate you guys. Have a great day, and thanks for reading along, and um, good job. Stay with it. Yeah, we're almost halfway there, guys. Keep yeah. it up. Bye.